Hello and welcome to the Geeky Medics podcast. My name's Josh and today we're joined by Emma Harvey, the producer of the podcast. Hi everyone. Uh, and this time we've got a slightly different episode. We're not necessarily like interviewing doctors, but this time um, we're talking to med students. Yeah, so we sat down with two medical students, our lovely guests, Orla and Milena, um, who are a few years into their studies. And we discussed sort of their experiences of medical school academically and socially, um, their reflections and any advice they have for incoming students just to help people as they enter medicine. So um, we'll get cracking. Um, and firstly, we'll introduce Milena and Orla. I'm Milena, I'm 22 years old um, and I study at the University of Bristol. I've just finished my integration year which we do between our third and fourth year of medicine. So I've got two more years left and I'm about to start fourth year. Hi everyone, um, my name is Orla. I'm currently a fourth year going into fifth year medical student at the University of Edinburgh. I did the first half of my degree in the University of St Andrews. Um, originally from Reading and that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Our first question for Milena and Orla was what their tips would be for the first day of uni. I suppose just sort of knowing that you know people come from a lot of different backgrounds but fundamentally you will have this thing in common that you're all studying for the same degree and so you're likely to have quite similar personalities and that you care about people you're quite empathetic and if you sort of go into it thinking you know, everyone's going to be quite similar to me. They're going to be lovely people. And you have an open mind, you'll probably be fine with making friends. I think it's also important to, you know, stay balanced by doing other things that you enjoy and meeting people that aren't necessarily medics and might not necessarily be aligned on, you know, their degree, but probably still lovely young people as well. So I think, yeah, just, just try and be balanced and keep doing what you enjoy regardless of, you know, the pressures that come when you study medicine. That's good advice, like to just keep perspective, I think probably throughout the whole thing. Mm, it's okay. quite easy to get really consumed by medicine as a bubble. Mm. And if you live with medics and you only have friends with medics, it's kind of worse. <laughs> yeah, I think um, so. When you have the opportunity to mix with other people, because it won't be they won't be there forever. <laughs> as in because they'll finish their degree exactly. after three years, not because of anything <laughs> anything bad. Um the thing that I kind of look back on now and try and tell other people because my younger sister um, is two years below me and she studied medicine as well and it's kind of just remembering everyone is in the same boat um, I was like quite an anxious refresher and I was like really conscious that I had to make friends immediately and these were going to be my peers for up to the next five or six years um, so making a good impression and things like that but I think it's just remembering everyone's in the same boat nobody knows anyone which is quite nice you know no one's got pre-established groups or or I mean there's maybe the odd person that knows each other but generally everyone's going in with a with quite a good mindset of kind of I'm open to meeting people everyone's in the same boat in terms of like education wise you know no one's typically done medicine well no one will have done medicine before um so I think it's kind of I mean I found that on my first day we kind of turned up and we met our tutorial group for the first time um and that was probably one of the most reassuring things kind of meeting people and just feeling like okay everyone's in the same boat 
it's going to be okay from this point. Work-life balance is something that is really tricky to get right, um, particularly when you're balancing placement, lectures, and then, you know, trying to have a life. Um, We asked both our medical students how they manage work-life balance at medical school. Um, I suppose it depends sort of how your course is structured. I think for us, the first few years at Bristol are, you know, quite uh, book-based, a lot of lectures. And so with a nine-to-five schedule, it's kind of slightly easier to sort of plan your life around it. Um, I think, I guess the same thing applies even when you're in clinical years. You know, you still don't have to work all the time. You still have time to do other things, particularly when you're not sitting exams or, you know, you don't have imminent deadlines. Um, I suppose just sort of, if you treat it, like we were just saying, sort of as a nine-to-five job and you have your life outside of that Mm. and you have your friends and your activities and the things you enjoy and you sort of yeah you kind of I guess it's you're 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 being a young professional you're training to be uh, like a professional and so you sort of have to get in the mindset of treating your degree like a job Mm -hmm. and then having sort of an outlet in the evenings doing things that you enjoy not constantly going from placement to lectures to studying on the side um I guess in terms of like more concrete advice, just take the time to explore. You have six years of uni to finesse or five or six (laughs) years to finesse, you know, how you like to relax and what you enjoy doing. And you you won't get it straight away. Well, you probably won't get it straight away, but you have time to find out what you enjoy and what makes you feel good and sort of just stick with that and seize Mm. that. Yeah, that's interesting. I I feel like people don't really tend to talk about that. The fact that it's six years... Mm it's actually quite a long time like you're really in this for the long game Mm. um as in most of your career probably as well Mm. so if you work too much I think you can just burn out um and yeah as long as you pass each year in medicine doesn't really help to do exponentially better in the first Mm. few years anyway does it well it depends on your medical school probably but at least at Bristol it doesn't really help to do way better you just need to pass and get on to the next thing so you have time to kind of still enjoy the uni experience and work on yourself and your hobbies and all of those things as well I think yeah exactly you've got time to finesse it it's the best thing about it (laughs) definitely work work work-life balance is something that I'm like passionate about improving for all medics because I think medics are notoriously bad at having work-life balance um and it attracts the type of people who are well some generally a bit more competitive and kind of get freaked out by other people doing more work than them and and I think people lose sight of kind of quality over quantity and things like that um I've had like quite a few friends who are very sensible people but in exam times just lose their heads and will pull all-nighters and like do bizarre study schedules where they'll sleep for two hours and work for four and then sleep for two hours and I think for me, I think the thing is, is with medicine, there's a never ending amount of stuff that you can know and learn, especially kind of going into first year. I remember like my first day in, in kind of freshers week when I went home and I'd just been hand, I just bought the anatomy textbook that's a thousand pages. And I just was like, how am I ever going to learn all of this? This is impossible to learn. Um, And I think it's, it's about just being sensible and knowing you're not expected to know everything even when you finish you're not 
expected to know everything. Um, and exactly. And so I think it's just about kind of being sensible and thinking like this is a work, medicine is a work in progress from start to finish. And so you just have to be reasonable and you have to think no one else is going to know everything as well. There's people that kind of give off the impression of knowing everything, but everyone has kind of different strengths. So whereas like I went to my first, we had um, full body dissection in St. Andrews um, and I turned up to my first one and the person next to me knew like everything. It appeared, they knew everything. And I went home and I thought like, this is it. I'm going to have to, but like where some people are really good at anatomy, other people might be really good at clinical reasoning or clinical skills or, you know, so I think, I think kind of my biggest thing that I would say to people going in is you, you, you might feel like you can learn everything and that's what's going to make you the best medical student, but you, you won't be able to learn everything essentially. So it's about recognizing that and kind of just using that to, to maintain some element of calm in, in example, which is always stressful. But. Joining societies is a, a key aspect to maintaining that work-life balance. And we asked Orla what societies she joined. Um, so I, I joined the kind of, we had a main medical social society. Um, most universities, I would assume, have some sort of similar thing. Um, and that was really good for, for socialising and meeting kind of peers outside of the classroom. It was good. They ran fresher like events um like quizzes nights out um and then in St Andrews the nightlife situation is quite limited and so they would run <laughs> um like balls and things which was really nice actually because it just is nice to get dressed up sometimes and go out with people who are on your course um so that was definitely some and like if that is a thing at other universities I would really recommend joining because you might not you don't need to go to every event you, they might run some that you like and some that you don't like something that's quite good about um universities these days is they've diversified their events options a bit so it's not all like around drinking and going out and nights out um which is quite nice because it just targets different groups of people within the year and you can meet kind of like-minded people at different events and things like that so that was kind of one of the ones I joined. And then I, I outside of medicine, I played hockey. Um, so I played kind of sport quite a lot in my first two years of uni. And that's another thing that if people are just generally freshers, I would say, look at joining a sports club outside of medicine, because it's quite good at giving you that kind of balance and perspective of other university courses. And you can kind of look at them and think, okay, my degree is quite difficult and I'm pitched against quite high achieving people um, and so it kind of helps to just think okay I'm doing well in my course and and it's all going to be okay and the nice thing about university sports is that the culture is different to a lot of school sports where it's like if you're good you're on a team and you're valued and if not then it's it's less important at university it's it's the focus is a lot more on kind of social side of things um, or at least in my experience it was and so like any ability is is welcomed and you kind of find people who play for the same reason if that's like socializing or friendly leagues or whatever so now emma and melena on starting placements do you have any advice for people starting placement specifically you know kind of transitioning from a degree that's a bit more like other degrees into sort of being in a hospital and being expected to be 
it's quite a different role, I guess, mm. kind of starting in hospital and being in charge of your learning a bit more. Um, and kind of everybody knows that weird feeling of like being a bit useless on the ward. So mm. what would you kind of, what would you say to yourself starting on placement for the first time? Um, I think, yeah, it is a very weird experience. A lot of us have been through quite conventional education systems where we're sort of just delivered information or at least a curriculum. Whereas you get on the wards and you're sort of, you know, kind of what block you're on, what system you're vaguely supposed to be studying. Um, but I remember thinking of how much stuff there was to learn and how, I mean, obviously we still have a lot of time on the wards and things, but you know, how unique everyone's experience is and how, you know, you don't all see the same patients and you don't all learn the same things. And kind of thinking that I was really behind because, oh, this person saw this really exciting case today. But then you kind of have to remember that, at least at Bristol, like the exams that we have are sort of, is everything combined. And so everyone has like ever so slightly different knowledge from their experiences. And you kind of just have to embrace that and treat everything as a learning opportunity because mm. it will be valuable in some form. Mm. And I guess also, like, I found it a bit unsettling to not have a proper written down textbook or curriculum, but actually like anecdotes and stories and things that you remember from the wards that actually sticks with you a lot better than reading a page in a textbook. Mm. And so my advice would probably be to just keep your eyes and ears open at all times. And even if it feels like it's not going to be a useful thing to be learning or kind of a waste of your time or whatever, we all know that sort of frustrating, I'm not being very useful feeling, but actually everything is important and everything's useful for you in some capacity. Mm. I feel like placement isn't actually the place where you're gonna learn all the content. It's more like skill building, it's making you more confident, it's helping you speak to people. Mm. You kind of pick up like little things along the way. And so even if say your friend has seen something that you haven't seen, it doesn't actually make a huge difference because mm. all that placement does is sort of spur you on to go and do your own reading and and revision for the exam so I think placement's more about character building and like yeah. the exact content that you come into contact with say like learning about some I don't know bronchiectasis or like COPD mm. or something the like it doesn't actually matter too much mm. the differences between people because you all end up learning similar stuff anyway and as you say it kind of evens out across a, a big exam that has lots of questions yeah so definitely. to not worry about like I don't know I think it could also get quite competitive if you're worried about what other people are doing yeah exactly it's a very personal experience definitely and now Orla on being a medical student on the ward I like the first thing I would say is that I think everyone has that feeling of feeling like they're a nuisance on the ward and they're taking up space and they don't know what they're meant to be doing um like my first day I was sat on an office chair in the corner of the room for the first 45 minutes until everyone was ready to speak to me and begin and I think it can be quite uncomfortable um and I've definitely felt quite uncomfortable at times but I think you just have to think everyone goes through this people are busy that it's not necessarily that they're being rude a lot of the time it is that people are busy um and I think once you kind of get familiar with the setup on the ward and how the ward works um and you feel kind of comfortable in that aspect it's just about um putting yourself forward then so if you hear people saying oh like patient x needs bloods doing or whatever um 
then going forward and kind of volunteering once you're happy and, and confident that you know kind of where everything is and how it works generally um I think yeah I think that's the main thing and I think kind of just knowing that everyone has that feeling of potentially coming back from a day from place of placement one day and feeling a bit dissatisfied or feeling like you don't really know why you went in that day um but having done kind of a year basically of, of fully clinical placement I look back now and I can see that just being in the hospital is is valuable experience and kind of observing how it runs which is which is essentially what the job is going to be the job isn't always going to be the kind of glamorous exciting bits um like there's a lot of admin and things like that and just kind of watching how all of that works is still useful um but definitely I would say kind of not panicking or feeling like you need to leave if the, if you feel kind of a slightly out of place uh, is the first thing and, and secondly is probably just if you're if you're happy with how everything runs just putting yourself forward for things um because a lot of the time as well it, again because people are busy they just will forget what your purpose is while you're there it's, you know junior doctors might not remember that you've got certain things you need signed off um and things like that so I think it's just about approaching them and saying I need to I don't know have four sets of blood signs off, signed off do you have any to do and whenever I've done that the response has always been positive and and everyone's helped so I think yeah it's just about approaching people and asking for direction for instance my first placement was was unusual it was particularly niche it was neuro neurosurgery was one of my first placements um and the the surgeons are um incredibly intelligent and incredibly good at their jobs but they're somewhat lacking in um, nurturing kind of skills sometimes um however when i i had like a i had a placement supervisor i'm sure most people have them and i kind of got in contact with them and said look while i'm on this placement um i'd really like to go and watch some procedure because these were kind of like cutting edge procedures going on in this hospital um and he just said yeah just come up come to the 8am meeting we'll match you up with someone that'll be it and I remember going in and I I almost didn't go in because it was it's it's quite daunting going into a room of fully qualified neurosurgeons and I've been on placement for two weeks you know and I think everything in me was saying don't go in because it, it, you're not meant to be in there but I kind of forced myself to go in I sat in the chair at the, back, the very back of the room um, and kind of went up to someone at the end and just said oh like I'd like to watch is there any chance I could watch what you're doing today and immediately it was like definitely come with me and and it was it was probably one of my best days on placement on in that kind of block um just because then once they know that you're interested the engagement is is really good and and the teaching then is is much better so I would say being in hospital and some of the placements that people go on are in like really amazing hospitals um just go out and ask if you want to try something the worst that people will say is no and if they say no then that's fine um whereas most of the time they'll say yes and and kind of I went and watched like brain surgery on my second week of placement which is again incredibly niche and and not super useful to the to the kind of stuff I was studying but it was a really cool experience to to do that kind of two weeks in I'd say another piece of advice is if you've seen something on the ward that you want to know more about but you don't really understand it write it down and do your research 
sort of maybe like once a week you have a list of things to look up from placements and sort of at least in the early like part of term before exams sort of structure your revision around mm. things that you've seen but you don't really fully understand because mm. that's a good way of sort of stimulating yourself into a bit of revision. Also some stuff which I thought was quite useful and it could have just been me that didn't realise it but there's loads of there are loads of websites and revision resources for finals revision, mm-hmm. um, which even if they're not affiliated with your university, basically all unis, I think, will, will be testing medicine in the same way yeah, and with the same content. So if you just find stuff online that's like medical student finals revision, that tends to be the content that you're supposed to be learning. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I didn't really hack into that mm-hmm. until Christmas. I didn't. One book, like the Oxford Handbook of Clinical Medicine, is quite useful. Mm. Things like that. Yeah. I didn't really know about. So I was just going solely off what I'd seen on the walls. I wasn't kind of... I didn't have any kind of structure in which to base my Mm. kind of notes and things. Once you find a good website, they probably have like a list of conditions for the subject you're studying. So you can look at the ones you've seen in person and then go and look at ones you Mm. haven't seen to like fill in gaps and stuff. I don't know if that's yeah. how other people do it but I think so especially if you have multiple websites so there are some that are like quite comprehensive and others that are a lot easier to digest and if you sort of get a few that you're used to used to looking at you can kind of combine resources mm. a bit better and make sure you have a comprehensive easy to read sort of digestible set of things yeah. so yeah just do a bit of googling and exploring and seeing what people use on the wards or like older years yeah and just comparing with other people I guess find the best resources. Orla, I wondered if you had any tips for studying medicine. It's quite daunting that first week being at university and I certainly changed the way I revised from from at college. I wondered if you had any tips for that. Yeah, I think from my experience the the way my degree was set up is we had lectures with set learning objectives or learning outcomes on them. Um, and the end of your exams were based on the lectures and those learning outcomes and so I essentially focused all my revision around stuff that they had prescribed could come up so it was just going through lectures basically is what I did um I used Quizlet a lot for flashcards and that um I made my own I'm sure if you spoke to people in the year above they have exact copies of that you would want um which is kind of a tip that I would give like wider for for joining uni and, and finding out how to work is that when I joined uni I thought I knew the best way to study um because I'd studied for school exams and I thought I know how to do this I don't need any input and then it it's a different pace at university so there's just so much more stuff essentially and so I kind of couldn't keep up with the amount of stuff that was coming my way with the techniques that I was using um and so in St Andrews they have this quite nice thing where you have an academic family so I had an academic mum who was just a girl in the year above me who adopted me um but basically I would say speaking to older people or people in older years is a really really useful way of finding out actually how to to study efficiently for exams um it's it's advice that I would give and I know that a lot of people won't take it but older people typically do know best they've been through it and they've done it and they've come out the other side of the exams that you're about to sit um, and so a lot of the time when they're giving advice it's advice that 
is actually useful and and valuable um even though you might think oh I think I know better because I did well in my school exams uni is kind of a different ball game completely a lot of the time um so I think like reaching out to older years and in my experience no older year has ever been not like willing and kind of coming forward with advice I know if someone in the year below me kind of approached me and asked me how to study I would tell them honestly how I would how I studied and things like that Emma and Melena again I think one of the things I struggle with quite a lot in medicine is feeling like I'm not good enough or I don't know what I'm doing and that everybody else does know what they're doing what what would you say to younger students kind of who are they going to be encountering that Mm, I think knowing about it actually helps I think a lot of people have that feeling and can kind of describe it but there's no official term or label that they put on it and actually I remember we had a a lecture at the start of first year that was all about imposter syndrome and I think that's actually quite a common thing throughout universities now but knowing what that feeling was and sort of pinning it down exactly is really helpful as a first step because not only does it sort of help you to explain that sort of inferiority complex that you've experienced but it also reminds you that everyone is feeling the same way Mm. um which is kind of a reassuring feeling i'm not sure there's an awful lot you can do about that and i don't know for a fact that it ever goes away and i think part of that is part of the imposter syndrome is kind of it gives you a drive to you know constantly be achieving very high grades or you know constantly performing at your best and it it just puts a lot of pressure on you and to a certain extent, you have to just accept it. <laughs> um, but it is reassuring to know that everyone kind of feels the same. Mm. I think a lot of people handle it in different ways. For me, I found it easier to sort of, you know, maintain my balance by having friends that did other degrees and sort of reducing the pressure in my environment. Because I think sometimes if you're like constantly with medics and you're constantly comparing how your days were or, you know, what you got in this tiny test that doesn't matter you know it just gets a bit much and it can really feed into that inferiority imposter syndrome complex um and so if that works for you I would really encourage you to you know maintain that balance by having friends and acquaintances and things from outside of medicine when it comes to actually mixing with other medics you know just remind yourself that you're not alone in that feeling and you know, you, you work for yourself as well, I think is a really important part of that. You know, the, the complex comes from sort of comparing yourself to others or thinking, you know, I'm not good enough and everyone's so much better and they all know what they're doing. And a lot of that is because you're inside your own body and you're sort of, all you can see is what other people are projecting of themselves. And so someone projecting self-confidence might and probably is feeling exactly how you are. Um, I can't remember why I was saying that now. But I think that's generally good <laughs> advice. Um, I feel like it's kind of like one big massive social media. Like it's kind of the same thing as social media, where you often see snippets of what other people are doing, and it looks really great from the outside. But actually, when you're friends with high achievers, or you yourself may be a high achiever, and you don't really realise it. I think you realise that nobody really knows what they're doing. Yeah, and it's a lot of luck and. Yeah. I think it's like that in lots of professions as well. Yeah. I was watching a documentary, unrelated, but about the police force the other day. And it was kind of like interviewing like young police officers. And one of the guys was like, oh, if you just have the illusion of knowing what you're doing, it's fine. Like you can wing it most of the time. 
And I guess that's what, you know, medicine is to an extent, it's making educated, informed decisions and kind of guessing and sort of feeling your way through to an extent. And so that's fine. And everyone makes mistakes and, you know, some days you'll have a confidence knock, but generally, you know, especially in medical school, you're on the right path to doing what you want to do, which is be a doctor. So I think just accept the knocks and, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. And accept that most people are winging it. <laughs> and um, I know some people, and I, I suppose I probably did as, as well to an extent, and you don't necessarily have to ask this from a personal perspective, but finances, I think, were a worry. I think even if you aren't necessarily worried about finances at home, but like when you go to uni, you suddenly you have like... <laughs> just money comes in at the beginning of term and then you've got this like lump of money <laughs> that you just have to you start rationing and I think that's a huge worry I think when you start uni initially and particularly I think with medicine where it's, it's more difficult to have part-time jobs during it and mm-hmm. the terms are longer and you know all of those things and there's loads of textbooks that you feel you need to buy and and all of this stuff is just that additional stress i don't know if you had any sort of tips or things that that might sort of alleviate worry for people yeah i think my first tip is probably a lot of universities produce some list somewhere that comes out listing kind of textbooks that you need to buy i've bought one well my parents bought me an anatomy textbook as a gift which I haven't used really um and there's there was about 20 books on this list and all of them are at least 20 quid um my general advice from that point of view would be hold fire at the start and kind of go in and see what you need you feel you need a lot of universities now have free online access to all of the textbooks um which is what I used. So it's not that you don't have access to them, you just don't have a paper copy, um, which isn't a big problem for for quite a lot of people. Um, If you particularly, like if you want a paper copy of one particular book, then feel free to go ahead and buy it, but you don't need to buy the long list of books that they send out at the start. Um, Kind of general spending wise, I think the start of university, unfortunately is always going to be the priciest month. Um, kind of joining societies and signing up to things etc I I felt like I had money come in and it had vanished by the end of Freshers Week because I was quite enthusiastic with signing up for things um, which I don't regret but I would say like don't you don't need to say yes to every night out and every you're not going to be left behind if you don't say yes to everything is my kind of advice you know if it's something that you're really struggling with yeah if you're really kind of worried about your finances and you've spent lots and lots of money that week and there's another night out at a pub you're you're not going to be left behind if you don't go to it um but equally kind of by the same token the first month of uni for me was was always the most expensive and so I would try and not panic if it feels like kind of money's disappearing before your eyes because it's not going to keep up with that pace or at least in my experience it didn't for the rest of university kind of once it settled down to into yeah, yeah when you're revising you sort of don't do anything you yeah, just, you learn it back <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so we've talked a bit about practical things for starting med school be it studying being on the plate on, on placement but Emma, I wondered as a, as a final question, mm. 
given that you're a few years into to medical school now. Have you enjoyed it? Um, I would say definitely yes, overall, yes. Um, I think I feel very glad that I made the choice to apply for medicine and also grateful that I got in. So I think when I look back, I'm really, really glad that this is what I'm doing with my life. Um, because, you know, I, I still am interested in it and I still feel like it's what I want to do as a career, which I think is a lucky and good position to be in when you're studying medicine, because it's such a long kind of course. Um, and it's understandable if, you know, that changes for some people. Um, I think, I think there's a great social side to it. I mean, people, <laughs> I think definitely once you start working, people look back at it as like some of the best years of their life. Um, and I think that's because you meet so many amazing people and you learn a lot and you grow a lot as most people do in their early twenties. Um, but I think when you're in it, as I am, I can kind of see that it is very difficult and um, academically it's difficult and it can be just tiring and long. Um, but I think everybody struggles with really similar problems as we've discussed throughout this episode. Um, and, you know, as long as the, career and the end is, is still what you want and you can keep going I think all you can really do is talk to people about how you're feeling listen to things like this and know that everybody's in it together and you know these problems have been experienced hundreds yeah, of times before you'll be all right. so you'll be all right that's a nice positive <laughs> message to end on yeah yeah ups and downs but you'll be all right <laughs> The whole Geeky Medics team uh, wishes the new year one medical students the best of luck starting at medical school. Uh, looking back uh, as a F3 doctor now, medical school was great fun. So enjoy it and you know, you're about to learn how to, you know, save people's lives and do cool stuff and you know, become a doctor. It's going to be great fun. So best of luck with it all. Uh, as ever, thanks to the producer of the podcast, Emma Harvey and Lewis Potter. Remember, there's loads of stuff on the Geeky Medics website to help you through the whole of the six years. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs>